Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are inside the top 10 and at number 9 for the most interesting fantasy basketball players this season is Jordan Poole joining the Washington Wizards. I'm pretty high on the man, and uh, but some people are sleeping on him, I think. He is one of the more controversial players going into this season. We're going to talk about him. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Thank you for joining. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are continuing our countdown of the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players heading into the 2023-24 season. Today we are talking at number nine, Jordan Poole, who, uh, based on some what a, you know debates I've seen on Twitter podcasts I've listened to and, and general comments that I've seen around YouTube and everywhere else that I post content. Jordan Poole seems to be one of the more controversial players in the fantasy basketball landscape. Some people think, like myself, that he's going to be absolutely great this season. He's going to be someone that could finish in a top 30, top 25 uh end of the season, minus one ranking. Some people think that his field goal percentage is going to be too much of a headache. And he, he can't he can't shoot. He can't score as much as we or myself and others maybe think that he can. We're going to dive into the numbers and I'm going to talk about exactly why I still firmly believe that he has a chance to be a top 25 player this season. And uh, we're going to break down as to why I can get him there. So let's talk about Jordan Poole. But before we do... Reminder, guys, if you haven't already, go over and check out ballboysnba.com. We are getting dangerously close to fantasy basketball draft season. Some of you might have already had it already, had your draft, uh, but if you still have it coming up, go over to ballboysnba.com. Get yourself a season guide either by getting a silver membership and getting access to my top 150 rankings for categories and point leagues, or if you want the best fantasy basketball guide to help you out, it is the platinum membership where you get access to the rankings for points leagues and category leagues, but also my top 250 projections. So you can go in and see exactly what I am projecting for every single stat, for every single player, and where that puts them in my minus one rankings, nine cat rankings, eight cat rankings, ESPN points projections, Yahoo points projections. 
And you can go over and see, where do you disagree? Where do you agree with me? And uh, then we can have some more educated debates moving forward. So go over to NBA, uh, ballboysmba.com. Let's talk Jordan Poole, number nine. He is 24 years old, and he is, in my opinion, being slept on. Average draft position has kind of stayed the same the entire preseason, which surprises me, to be honest. I really thought... Four fantasy sites opened. We had the off-season trade of him going over to the Washington Wizards from the Golden State Warriors. A lot of the talk was like, he's just going to get all the, the shots under the sun. And I was thinking, okay, here we go. We're going to be drafting him in the second round. This is going to be someone who's going to be going way too high in drafts. We're going to be overhyped. But no, it has not been the case. And I think a lot of the playoff performances or some of the... um. I don't know, like the, the bad stigma around Jordan Poole has followed him through to the fantasy basketball community, but on his ADP Yahoo, he is uh, going at an average of 49.2. That is the fifth round in standard fantasy basketball leagues. ESPN, weirdly enough, I think has the best um, projections here or best average draft position, and that's funny because they have him, well, they're more predominantly influenced by points league rankings, and... Funnily enough, I actually think he's going to be a better category league player this season, despite a lot of people maybe thinking the opposite in terms of his um, you know, efficiency. I actually think he's going to be a much better category league player, but they have him at 26.8, so basically 27, and Fantrax at 49.4, again, in the fifth round. Talk about what he did last year. Last year, he, was, uh, he played all 82 games, so for those that... Love totals. He would have been really high in that there. He played 30 minutes per game. In a nine-category ranking system, he was 132nd. Yes, that is not good. In a minus one ranking, he was significantly better at 94th. Still, not really what you'd want for what we're projecting for him here. In a Yahoo Points League, he was 88th per game last season. So, why do I think he can be someone who is a top 25 or top 30 player? Well, the, the answer lies within what he's been doing the last two seasons, and there is a clear, clear trend. What he does as a starter versus what he does when he comes off the bench. Jordan Poole was actually in my top 10 bus list last season, and we were drafting him, I think, at about 60, I want to say 64 was his ranking last season on Yahoo when I did that top 10 bus video. And I ended up being correct, Okay. The previous season, Jordan Poole was on my sleeper list because we were all, it was his kind of his breakout year. He came into the preseason, started dominating. Um, in that season, Clay Thompson was not yet healthy to start that season. And Jordan Poole was going to step into that role until Clay came back. Clay came back. There was a brief period where he and Steph were healthy, but then Steph went down and Jordan Poole stepped back into that starting role. So he had a, a basically a top 60 season that year where he played, I think, and we'll go into the numbers in a second. He played the majority of the season off as a starter with some portion of it as a bench player. And people last year thought that that was just going to carry over, not knowing the fact that, okay, both these players were healthy. He was coming off the bench more. And that's where I pushed back. So to me, the psychology of Jordan Poole, it's, we're always seeming as a public community to be a step behind what he can produce and not yet making the link of Jordan Poole as a starter versus Jordan Poole as a predominantly player coming off the bench. And I think, well, again, this is my prediction. This is my projections. And I think history is going to repeat itself this season. So let's dive into what exactly I am talking about with those 
starter versus bench splits. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So here we have on the screen, again, if you're looking and watching over on YouTube, we've got his averages from last season, and I've split it into two different averages. His averages coming off the bench and his averages in this starting lineup. Now, remember, he played all 82 games, so we've got a decent sample size for both. But for Jordan Poole, let's read out what he came off the bench for to start off with. So last year, off the bench, he played uh, 26.6 minutes in 39 games, and he put up an average of 15.9 points, 2.23s, 2.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.3 blocks, and he did that in 42.5% field goal and 84.4% from the free throw line. And I've also added him his uh, free throw attempt rate as well. So he shot 3.8 free throw attempts when he was coming off the bench at that 84.4% efficiency mark. Versus as a starter, and this is where I get the excitement here, 24.6 points per game compared to 15.9. Three threes compared to 2.2. 3.1 rebounds, 4.6 assists, pretty similar. 0.9 steals, uh, 0.3 blocks, exactly the same. 43.3% from the field and 88.4% from the free throw line on 6.2 free throw attempts. That was in 33 minutes and across 43 games. So he... Did play four more games as a starter than he did as a bench player. And you can see there clearly, clearly he plays much better as a starter. He obviously got more minutes, so an extra 6.4 minutes per game, which uh, increased his scoring basically by nine points per game. He had an extra 0.8 threes, an extra uh, 0.2 assists, extra 0.3 steals. He got an extra, what's that, 2.4 free throw attempts. His free throw percentage was better. Everything just seemed to be better when he started um, last season, and he put up a much better fantasy line. Now, if you can average 25 points, hit three threes, average four and a half assists, nearly a steal per game, and shoot 88% on six attempts, that's a bloody good fantasy player. Like, that is nothing to sort of turn your nose up. If we compare that to a few other numbers across the board with a few other players, there are some pretty similar numbers to players like Devin Booker, like a Donovan Mitchell. Now, I know Mitchell had the steals a little bit more. Both those players scored slightly more. But they're not. Then those numbers are not that far away, and that's on a team at Golden State where he's playing next to a lot of the times one of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, who gets a lot of assists there as well in a system where, and, and I've seen a lot of interviews about it, where they're, they're really trying to contain Jordan Poole and sort of he's playing next to these great players. He, he's not the focal point of their offense. He is someone that is a complementary piece to their core. Andrew Wiggins as well is another player who gets a lot of shots. So he's going to a situation in Washington where, yes, you've got Carl Kuzma, but outside of that, who have you got? Bilal Koulibaly? You've got Tyus Jones. You've got Daniel Gafford potentially as your starting lineup. Those guys aren't commanding shots. They're not Steph Curry. They're not Clay Thompson. They're not Andrew Wiggins. 
So you are going to see, in my opinion, a higher minutes per game and a higher usage rate. Now, he already, in last season's um, year where he put up those numbers, the usage was pretty similar in the starting role versus off the bench. So actually, as a reserve, he was a 30% usage guy. As a starter, he was 29.6% usage. So the usage was sky high. If we also, and I'm going to go again back another season, if we go to the 2021-2022 averages, again, splitting them into off the bench and as a starter, the trend continues. So as a bench player last, oh, sorry, 2021-22, he averaged 13.7 points, 1.83s, 2.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.3 blocks, shot 48% from the field, so obviously much better, 90.3% from the free throw line on 2.5 attempts. Now that was in 25.4 minutes per game, so slightly less off the bench that season than last year, and that was in 25 games. Compared that to the games where he was starting, again, this was where first half of the year, Clay was out, second half of the year, or second, maybe third of the year, so last third of the year, uh, Steph was out. He put up averages of 20.8 points, 3.33s, 3.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 0.9 steals again, 0.3 blocks, 43.8% from the field, 93.1% from the free throw line on four attempts per game. And again, this was in 32.3 minutes across 51 games. So again, a, a big, big difference between him coming off the bench and him starting. So over seven points per game difference, over one5 threes uh, improvement coming uh, as a starter versus coming off the bench. 0.6 assists better. The free throw percentage went from 2.5 to four attempts per game. So big improvement there. He is clearly a player that prefers to start, have a bit more of that freedom, be a bit more of that go-to guy when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. And again, this was his coming out party. Like that season there was where he really put himself on the map. He, you know, announced himself in the preseason that year. It was a play that I got excited about that season. It was an early adapter. Again, he was on my sleepers list. He was going at around the 100 mark. And for that entire season, he put up a top 60 um, average. But in a starter's role, he was essentially a top 40 player in that season while he was uh, a starter. And mostly due to the fact that he shot 93% from the free throw line on four attempts, plus the elite threes, plus the good scoring. The assists were nice. You know, 0.9 steals is not great, but it's not horrible either. It's nearly a steal per game. So there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like there. So if we look at Jordan Poole, he is going to be, in my opinion, a guaranteed starter for the entire season as long as his team is not tanking. Um, so he is going to be putting up a lot of shots. He's going to be getting a lot of usage on this team. I think he and Kyle Kuzma are going to be getting the bulk of the usage run through them at any point during the game. So if we just look at those averages and we look at the two starting averages, 32.3 minutes in 21 30, what is it, 33 minutes in, two, in last season. I think you can even whack on another one or two minutes per game this season to get him to 34 or 35 minutes per game just because, again, Washington, how are you scoring outside of Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole? I think they're going to play a lot of minutes, so... I am using those stat lines from last season, 24.6 points, three threes, four and a half assists, 0.9 steals, um, 6.2 free throw attempts, 88% from the free throw line as kind of like a minimum. And when we 
add, like even if we just scale it up by an extra two minutes, the numbers just come out at a really, really good rate. And if we just look over, and um, I'll bring us over onto Basketball Monster here in a second. Just want to go through again the game log. So you can kind of see the clear difference game by game, um, what he was doing as a starter versus coming off the bench. And I'm not sure if it's a confidence thing, if it's, I don't know, an ego thing or something that the team just required him to do when some of those other guys were out and he was forced into a starter's role. But remember, he will be required to do this every night uh, this season on the Wizards. So if I just bring this up, we are over here on Basketball Monster. So Again, start of the year quite shaky, but remember, he was coming off the bench. So 12 points, 7 points. He had a 24-point game there. That's fine. 17, 11, 24. And then he gets this start here against Detroit, played 36 minutes, 30 points, 5 threes, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 100% from the free-throw line on 5 attempts. Okay, goes back to a bench. 9 points, 11 points. Comes back off the starts again. 20 points, 9 assists, and hits 100% from the free-throw line on 7 attempts. Uh, back to the bench, two points, three, three assists. Okay, back to the bench, 18, 18. Starts, 36, five threes, um, five of six from the free throw line, three steals. It, it's just a ridiculous pattern. Back off the bench, two points, eight assists, uh, hit both his free throws, you know, went 0 for 5 from the field, 13, 10. Starts again, 26 points, you know, six of seven from the free throw line. It is, excuse me, oh. Oh, geez, sneezing all over the place. Um, it is a clear trend. Day after, comes off the bench again. Oh, I'm just allergic to these numbers off the bench. Um, eight points off the bench again after his 26-point game the, the, the night before. 19, 24, 9, 30. And then he has a run where he's coming, he's starting the game, and he's, he's playing well here. 21 points, 23 points, 36 points, 20 points, 18 points, uh, 20, 29, 43 points. 26 points, there's a 13 in there, that's fine, okay. Uh, then he goes 32, 24, uh, 26, 41, 28, 24, 21. So in these games where he's starting, he is putting up some really, really good numbers. And again, when he comes off the bench later in this season, we, we scroll back, scroll back up, 10 points, 11, 13, 20, 19. Look, they're not horrible, but there are some of these stinkers thrown in there when he is coming off the bench. But for the majority of the time, when he is starting, he clearly has the green light. He is clearly someone that is not afraid to put up his shots. And it's it's really, in my opinion, the free throw volume that I think we underrate and we overrate the effect of his negative field goal percentage because that's like the main thing that we look at from a, a basketball point of view. But remember, when when you're shooting as many threes as he is, the field goal percentage is naturally going to be lower. Um and if I even if I go back to the previous season, 21-22, again, follow along with me here. Starts the season, a little bit shaky. This is his first time starting in the NBA. 29, 22, 10, 9. And then he starts to get his confidence, right? So 14, 31, 26, 25, 16, 14, 14, 13, 17. A little dry spell there. But then he really steps it up a gear. 32, 33, 17, 14, 17, 28, 14, 14, 12, 20, 23. Clay then starts to come back. His minutes trend down. 
and he's putting up some poorer lines. But then Steph goes out towards the end of the season and again finishes the year on fire. 30 points, 20 points, 29, 28, 26, 30, 24, 26, 25, 38, 31, 22, 19, 18, 22, all to finish the season. All on great free throw percentage, volume, and uh, efficiency. Excellent threes. Um, like if we look through these threes, five threes, one, six, four, five, seven, four, one, three, seven, six, four. It's 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 great numbers. It, it really is. And again, it's the big difference between him starting and coming off the bench. So I've probably beat that horse to death there. But um, you can really tell the difference, in my opinion, just looking through his game logs, looking through the stats, comparing those two things to when he can start and when he comes off the bench in terms of his scoring, his three-point volume, and his free-throw percentage volume, which, to me, are his big strengths. In terms of my projections and where I get him to... Now, remember, when I do my projections and my rankings, I don't sit there and I don't put someone at a certain spot and justify it from there. I project the player out. I go in and I decide, okay, how many points is he going to score? How many shots is he going to take? How many threes is he going to do? How many minutes is he going to play? I project these stats. And then at the end of the day, after I've done my top 250 rankings and um, put the formulas in, this is where they come out. Okay, And so for nine category rankings, if you take into account his poor field goal percentage, he will be someone that comes out more towards that 40 range, which again, compared to his ADP, is still a little bit of value. But again, I don't think that's how we should be ranking him. In a minus one setting, he comes out as a top 30 player. In an eight category ranking, he comes out as a top 30 player as well. And if we just think about, I I don't think I've gone too crazy here. I've got him averaging 25.5 points per game. Again, as a starter last year, he was nearly at that. He was 20, what was it? 24.6. If I bring it back, where was that uh, round? Uh, so yeah, he was 24.6. I've got him averaging an extra 0.9 points per game compared to his starter last year. Uh, I've got him at 3.13s. Again, an extra 0.13s versus a starter. 3.5 rebounds, an extra, what's that? An extra 0.4 rebounds, 4.9 assists. So an extra 0.3 assists. Steals are at 0.9, the exact same. Blocks are at 0.3, the exact same. I've got him shooting 43.6% from the field. Again, 0.6% extra field goal percentage. And I've got him shooting 89.2% from the free throw line. Kind of an average between last season and the season prior. And I've got got him shooting 7.1 attempts. So an extra 0.9 attempts from the free throw line with an increased usage being the main guy there. I think he will get to the line a bit more. So I don't think any of those things are crazy. In fact, I could argue that he could do much better than this given the fact that he is the main guy over in Washington. But even with all those just modest like 0.9 extra points per game compared to his starting numbers last year, he comes out, like I said, as a top 30 player in minus one rankings, top 30 player in eight cat rankings. And it is really due to that free throw percentage volume. So I'm going to do a show later in the season, or later this week, I should say, on the best players in each category. And he comes out as the fourth best contributor. Actually, hold on. Let me double check that. He comes out, yes, as the fourth best contributor in free throw percentage value, um, just because he is someone that can shoot 90% from the free throw line and he gets there to the line a decent amount. So I really do think that that is the underrated part of his game. And 
I feel like we're over-criticizing him for his poor field goal percentage. Like, you don't see someone like Fred Van Vliet getting criticized for his poor free throw uh, field goal percentage value. He's still someone that gets drafted in the, you know, second and third round. Um, you know, like someone like, uh, who, who else is a poor? Like, Trey Young. Again, his field goal percentage is going to be very similar to a Jordan Poole. We're still drafting him in the second round. Um, you know, Anthony Simons is going to be terrible from the field goal percentage. I don't feel like he's getting the same negativity against him. Um, who else is someone else? Paul George is a really close sort of player in that regard. Devin Vassell, Cade Cunningham. All these players seem to escape that, um, oh, he's going to kill you from the field narrative. But a lot of those guys, outside of maybe Trey Young, don't have the supreme positive on the free throw percentage line. And I think that, again, we're really underrating that aspect of his game. So, doing again, every time I do one of these top 25 rankings, it kind of is a good opportunity for me to go back, look at my projections, look at the stats that led me to that direction, make sure I'm not just going crazy fact-checking myself. You guys can fact-check me and and I'm presenting these stats and, and things to you and, and you guys can make up your own mind. But I've gone back and I've done this one for Jordan Poole and it to me, it's only reaffirmed and made my opinion stronger that I think that he is being underrated. He is someone that is going too late in drafts. And even if you're not punting field goal percentage, if you get him in the 40s, I think it's great value. The free throw percentage volume, we've talked about statistical scarcity. It is extremely hard to find positive free throw shooters on that level of volume outside the first two rounds. Um, And the scoring, again, very hard to find scorers of 25 points per game outside the first two rounds. So to me, he is someone that absolutely should not escape the fourth round. I'd be very happy in a punt field goal percentage or an eight category league to to grab him in the... um, in the third round, he's just someone that to me is being overlooked far too much because of his um, perceived flaws and we're not viewing his strengths enough in my opinion. So let me know down in the comment section below, guys. I probably went really hard on this one, really aggressive in terms of because I, I really feel strongly about this guy and uh, wanted to you know, share my enthusiasm for him being drafted this season higher than where he currently is. But let me know what you guys think. Obviously, I might be wrong. He might come out and just be terrible and that causes his minutes to drop and and, and something like that. There is, there is that risk, okay? It's a new situation. We don't exactly know how it's going to play out. Maybe the Golden State system was making him look a lot better than what he is. You tell me. That could be a, val- a, a valid point. So let me know down in the comment section below what your thoughts are. We are powering along, guys, in the top 10 tomorrow. We've got another, and all these guys are very, very interesting. Here is the hint for tomorrow's player. This player is, in some circles, similar to Jordan Poole, very, very hyped. In some circles, he is someone that people think is overhyped in some scenarios. Some people might label him as injury-prone. Some people think that that is a completely... Uh, unfair label to give this player. He is someone who some have said has the potential to be a first-round player this season. Let me know down in the comment section below who do you think this player is. And uh, again, hit that big subscribe button. Give the video a big thumbs up, guys. Get prepared for lots of content coming out this week. Good luck with your drafts if you've got them coming up. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.
person, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.